Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Every single day, reality calls, and the Biden administration just hangs up. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Mark Reardon. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. The Mark Reardon Show is on now. Oh, you know, my opens just make me laugh. They're supposed to make you laugh, ladies and gentlemen, as well. So hopefully that happens. Good afternoon. I'm taking some bets this afternoon as we open the show. What what would happen faster, uh, Tom Brady coming back out of retirement or more confidential documents being found with a former vice president or president? It, it, all right. It might be the latter. Sue says maybe the latter. It's right? the documents because I think Brady is really done. I'm totally pro Brady now. It happened in the last couple of years. I'm totally pro Brady too. I, I I like his competitive spirit, his yes. fighting spirit, and I I've never been full of hate for. I was never a Patriots fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a big fan rooting for him, but I am not a Tom Brady hater. But yeah, that's how my morning opened uh-huh. up. I saw. I thought it was like watching something from the DVR from a year ago. I know. But lo and behold, he uh, he released the video. He was on a beach. Yeah, his but- hair was waving in the wind. He's-, He's like, hey, I know I did this once before, but I'm out. Yeah, and I think that's the key. I think since he didn't make a big fanfare, he's serious about it. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, We got stuff to get to this afternoon. However, the host had a bit of a technological glitch preparing for the show. I'm just going to make my excuses early here. Uh You know, I I love my technology so much, and I sat at home this morning um, after I worked out. Sue did a little workout today with Nick at at the MAC. Look at you. I love it. 
Um, had my protein shake after that, feeling pretty good. But I got home. I use my, my Apple products and my MacBook usually when I'm at home and I have this reading list thing. Those people who have Apple products might be familiar. All you have to do is just basically say, hey, add to reading list and all my stories that I want to talk about are in reading list. Well, I get here with the iPad and none of those stories are there. And it's because I think I need oh. a software <laughs> update. But that's fine. I mean, <laughs> we're going to rally. But it was a bit of jarring. You know, I get here uh, an hour ago and I look for all my stories and I, I do these you know what I do now is I kind of do these set lists, right? And I have everything mapped out. And I have no idea what I'm going to do today because I didn't have anything ready. But that's a little bit of a lie because I want to start here with what happened in Memphis last week from a different perspective. Jazz Shaw from Hot Air will join us here in just a few minutes. He's written about a couple of stories that I think are interesting. But he also said something that resonated with me a couple of nights ago is where is the rest of the Tyree Nichols story? Not in the sense, I want to be careful here, not in the sense to let any of the officers off the hook for anything that they've been charged with or their behavior, but in the sense that, there's something missing here. There's something we don't know. And Sue and I think we know maybe what it is. There's mm-hmm. rumors out there. I don't want to spread rumors Mm-mm. right now. But if you read between the, the tea leaves, sometimes you can figure these things out. Again, if what I think might have happened is true, it's not going to really alter the case, but it might fill in some of the blanks, blanks right? Uh, yeah. So, Sue, do you know who Jason Whitlock is? I know that name. Yeah, was well, he a so local he, TV person? He's a well. I think he was from Kansas City originally. Mm. He wrote for the Kansas City Star, and he did a lot of stuff online. He began building his profile, but he's a very—he's uh, not a woke sports guy. So he, and he's not really just a sports guy anymore. And he writes for the Blaze, and he's uh, TJ Mo does his show. He's got a show that's on the Blaze TV, and TJ goes down there, I think, to Nashville to tape that. Jason is very conservative. He's African American. He is Christian conservative, and I think that's important. You'll hear some of that here in a second. Okay. Um, but what, what happened now, I'm going to just tell you from uh, real life, is I mentioned on Friday I left the show. The video is released right as I'm leaving. I'm listening to Fox and CNN. I'm popping back and forth trying to get as much as I can when I can't see the video. I even did something stupid like I looked at Twitter when I was driving. Oh, like, I probably shouldn't. But I wanted to know what was on the video. So I get home. I think I told you this. Um, Becky and Alexa were there. I'm like, look, I got to watch some of this. So I went down to the basement and, and I watched some of the video. Jason Whitlock was on Fox at the time that I was watching with with Tucker. And I'm going to play you what he said because I will admit that when he said some of what he said that was deemed controversial, my neck turned around and said, uh-oh, Jason's going to get in trouble for this because I knew there was one particular point that I'll make here. And that's, I think, what people are focusing in on. But let me play... Uh, some audio here, and I'll, I'll kind of lead you into it because, and I didn't know this, you know, uh, Trevor Noah left The Daily Show. Every time I leave here at 6 o'clock, I drive by Stiefel, and they have on the marquee, you know, who's coming. Trevor Noah is coming to the Stiefel. Who thinks Trevor Noah is, like, he can fill 3,000 seats in that place? Or He has never said anything oh my remotely God. funny. So they're doing these fill-ins now on The Daily Show. I don't think they've announced a new host, have they? I don't really know. I don't know. I mean, I don't watch no the show, idea. but I see the clips. So D.L. Hughley was one of the hosts. And I think you're going to hear from the—I'm going to disagree with what he says here in a second, but you'll hear from the very beginning that I think he's funnier than— Trevor Noah, for sure. I'm uh, Dio Hughley, and welcome to The Daily Show. Um, of course, between me and Leslie and Wanda, this is starting to look a lot like BET. I tell you that. <laughs> Do not be shocked if you see those diabetes commercials. You know? <laughs> oh, 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 Zambic! <laughs> Black people love that song. <laughs> you can have one foot, you still dancing that song. You don't even care. 
I thought that was kind of funny. So he, and I, I play that just as a setup here because he gets right in to the uh, the video from Memphis and he approaches it as he is also an African American from a black perspective here. Shocking. You know, you know who wasn't shocked by that? Black people. Dude, I know, no, we were not, like, we were not, like, it just, like, I think that is a word we should thought about lexicon, because the one thing we were not, t- you just see black people sitting around, can you believe they beat the shit out of another on TV? Can you believe that? Because it's pretty commonplace for us. The only people who are probably shocked by this are people who haven't been paying attention, but for us, that's just a, a, like a flashback. So, those videos are, like, so commonplace. You, it's, it's hard to be shocked. That's like watching a porno and saying, he gonna stick that where? <laughs> See, that was funny. That was funny. I disagree with what he said there, but that was a funny line at the end. And what, what he said, we can re, um, probably, well, I know I can rebut a lot of what he said there with Heather McDonald's help because, let, let's face it, he, he's gonna say, well, we've seen this, right? We've seen this. You've seen some videos. We got Rodney King. There's another one from Chicago now. And I understand that I have a very different existence growing up in Baldwin in West St. Louis County than people who grew up in North City or other parts of North County where they have to deal with police on a regular basis uh, and they've had different experiences. All right, I'll get that out there right away. However, you're in complete denial if you think on a regular basis in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch on Channel 4, on Fox, on KMOX that there are reports of police beatings, right? Oh, they take place behind the scene. Well, not anymore they don't. They're on video, okay? But what we do hear every day, we hear kids that are being shot. We hear African, young African-American men that are being shot and killed every single day in cities like St. Louis. But let me go back to Jason Whitlock. So Hughley points toward Fox. He's making fun of the people on Fox. He shows some of the clips and then he highlights Jason Whitlock. But there is one guy on Fox News and this dude came up with something that I got to tell you, I really did not see it coming. Look like gang violence to me. It, it looked like what young black men do when they're supervised by a single black woman. And that's what they got going on in the Memphis Police Department. Now, that, if you stopped right there, I, I know what he was saying, and I'll kind of explain it here for people who don't get it. But then he said this. They've elected some uh, or put some black woman in charge of the police force. And we're getting the same kind of chaos and disunity and violence that we see in a lot of these cities that are run by single mothers. All right, so I'm not going to agree 100% on that point, but I'll circle back to it. Here's what Hughley said. What the f*** is he talking about? (laughs) (laughs) What? What is he? So uh, it is is single black mothers that are the problem. So wait a minute. Um, All of these cops, uh, all of them, they had single black mothers too? Now, he's pointing to a picture. There's a you know, bunch of pictures of five officers uh, that are on the screen when he says this. And by the way, those are the images that came up when I Googled good cops. Um, <laughs> if uh, Jason Whitlock proves anything, is that you do not have to be white to hate black people. Um, and I can understand, how can we expect Jason to see the plight of black people when this dude can't even see his own So... Uh... All right, so that's what Hughley said. Let me read you what he's responding to. And Jason Whitlock wrote about this 
on Monday. And the headline was, this was on TheBlaze.com, Yes, Baby Mama Culture Explains Why the Tyree Nichols Tragedy Happened. Sorry, he wrote, I refuse to follow the script, the script for black influencers, demanding that the Tyree Nichols tragedy be laid at the feet of the so-called white supremacy. Five black cops beat a 150-pound man to death, and the script called for more mass shaming of white people and insinuations that policing should be outlawed. All right, so that's how he starts the uh, the column. Had I followed the script, he says, I wouldn't be embroiled in controversy. Public enemy number one of black Twitter, uh, Ciara, you know who Ciara is, the, the singer? She kind of went after Jason Whitlock and all the other blue cheek virtue signalers. Blue check, sorry. <laughs> that's the Twitter reference. I wondered what that yeah, was. Sorry about that. I said cheek because I saw cheek, but it's actually check. In fact, he says, I, had I dishonestly blamed systemic institutionalized racism for Nichols' death, I would be the toast of Twitter, drowning in retweets, likes, and applause. I would be as high as a kite on dopamine and swimming in interview requests. But that's not what I did when I appeared on Tucker Carlson's cable news show Friday night. I didn't lie. I didn't concoct some fantasy narrative where five black cops shouted, this is MAGA country, before attacking Tyree Nichols. I blamed the five cops for their criminal behavior and predicted that a predominantly black jury will find them guilty of second-degree murder. He did do that. I heard him. And then I criticized CNN and other media outlets for hyping the release of the body cam footage like it was Al Capone's secret vault and using the video to distract from America's escalating involvement in the Ukraine-Russia conflict. And when surprisingly given an opportunity to provide an additional thought, I argued that the five police officers mimicked gang behavior and that the whole sad event is a byproduct of communities overrun with matriarchal values and controlled by single black mothers. I said that the conversation we should be having in reaction to Tyree Nichols should center on the cost of destroying the black family. I think the only part where he went wrong is when he targeted the police chief and said single white. I mean, I don't even know if she is a single black mother. Maybe she is. But I, I understand his points. And we've made these points before. And I'm going to circle back to something Heather McDonald has said before and give you some stats. But what Jason said is, look, I mean, look, that's my written paraphrase of what I tried to convey in the final 60 seconds of an unscripted four-minute TV segment. Watch my comments in full here. YouTube, this is amazing. YouTube has somehow classified my remarks as inappropriate and offensive. Do we live in America? Do we still live in America? Where you can't, I played you what he said, okay? D.L. Hughley can get up there and say all these things and drop the N-word. Jason Whitlock doesn't even do that, but he's got the content warning. So he writes, it's impossible to analyze the situation as complex as the Tyree Nichols tragedy in four minutes. What you try to do is spark a deeper conversation by saying something that will cut through all the garbage being spewed on social media or promoted on ratings-hungry television networks. My first comment was said to establish that a black police chief, black police officers, black citizens would be in charge of providing justice for the Tyree Nichols family. What happened to Nichols isn't about white supremacy, and what will happen to his alleged killers won't have anything to do with white supremacy either. My second comment... Whitlock wrote, was stated to point out that the media is intentionally overemphasizing the importance of the Nichols tragedy. We know that, of course. And that's what the media does. He says, this is a local story, not a national one. It's being used to provide cover for more important international tragedies, such as Big Pharma's COVID malfeasance. Yeah, he's right about that. The TV networks dependent on the advertising dollars of pharmaceutical companies prefer Don Lemon talking about lawless cops rather than lawless and exploitative international corporations. Finally, my third comment, the one that my critics have seized upon, is an attempt to spark a conversation about the real 
ramifications of America's growing preference for female authority and alternative family structures. The matriarchy doesn't work. This is where it gets controversial, but I'm going to tell you what he said here. We need to talk about that. Black urban areas, and look, some of this is undeniable. It really is. This is why it should spark a conversation. I love to hear what Mayor Jones has to say and other black leaders, quote unquote leaders, right? Black urban areas are dominated by matriarchal rulership. It's an utter failure and disaster. These are areas that all operate similar to Memphis. Crime is astronomical. Think St. Louis. Young men settle their differences with deadly violence. Academic performance hovers at record lows. Illegitimacy rates skyrocket. Tyree Nichols was 29. The five police officers range from 24 to 32. The behavior we witnessed from the officers resembles what happens when a group of vice lords catch a gangster disciple on their turf. The disciple will flee. The vice lords will chase. Violence ensues. My point is what we saw Friday night does not appear to be an outgrowth of bad policing. I've yet to see video evidence that depicts what caused the traffic stop and why Nichols had to be snatched from his car. It doesn't feel like we've been shown the complete story. I agree with that. Something about the encounter feels far more personal than anything born of the frustration created by a resistant suspect. The use of pepper spray makes zero sense. Uh, On that point, that's where the rumors come into play. And I think that that sentence in that paragraph might make more, you know, sense when we hear all the details coming up. So. Look, he goes on and on here, and one of the things that I should note for people who don't know about Jason, and I'm not criticizing him, just telling you that he frames everything, most of what he does and says around Christianity. He's a man of faith. It's very important to him. I don't take any of that away from him. I don't do that, mainly because I'm a heathen, but I think his points are very important, and his points about the culture of marriage and nuclear family are extremely important. Now, again, he's going to frame that around Christianity. I don't think you have to do that. You can just talk about, you know, civilization and and life and things that work, right? Not that single mothers can't be successful. Or Uh, you can focus it less on that and say just the lack of fathers in a household rather than saying— you know, it's the female matriarchy. Well, it's, uh, that's redundant, yeah, well, but the so matriarchy is the problem. I'm not, I don't disagree with you on that. And I've never really heard him say the matriarchy as much as he has in this last week. But look, uh, here's Heather McDonald on some of these things. And, and what she wrote about in the Manhattan, um, I'm sorry, she wrote this time in The Spectator, she said, ending all fatal police shootings, a desirable goal, but an unlikely one, given the amount of gun violence in America's inner cities, would have a negligible effect on the black death rate of homicides. In fact, it would have a greater effect on the white death by homicide rate since it turns out, contrary to the racism narrative, the proportion of white and Hispanic homicide victims killed by police officers is over four times higher than the proportion of black homicide victims killed by police officers, 9% versus 2%. That disparity exists because the number of black homicide victims killed, this is important, and this is true in St. Louis, and I know this because I've documented it for many years and I've looked at the homicide stats and the race of the suspect and the race of the victim. The disparity exists because the number of black homicide victims killed almost exclusively by black criminals, not by white police officers or by white people, is so high. 10,000 black homicide victims in 2020. 10,000. 3,000 more than all white and Hispanic homicide victims combined. Right. There are about thousand victims of police shootings every year, fatal shootings, 50 percent white on average, 25 percent black. Let's remember the um, you know, the proportion here is important too. African-Americans make up about 17 percent of the country. The Bureau of Justice Statistics Statistics. (laughs) 
can't talk, reports that blacks commit about 60 percent of murders and robberies in the 75 largest U.S. counties, which is where most of the population resides, even though they're only 15 percent. She says 15 percent. I mean, I was being generous. There's 17 percent of the population in those counties with crime as the benchmark for police activity. The 2.5 ratio of black to white victims of police shootings flips. It is whites who are 2.5 times as likely to be fatally shot by police officers as blacks. That's according to research that's out there. Um, at Michigan State University, she cites James Cesario. The finding of no anti-black bias in police shootings has been replicated numerous times, both through empirical analyses of data and through shoot-don't-shoot shoot exercises on shooting simulators. As for the police shootings of allegedly unarmed blacks, such deaths are an even more negligible factor in the black homicide rate. In 2022, there were seven, seven allegedly unarmed black victims of police shootings. You'd think that there were 20,000 based on the reaction this week, not to minimize what happened in Memphis. But let's face it. Let's keep it into perspective. And one of the things that she uh, alleged, by the way, in 2021, there were just eight, um, 18 in 2020. So... No, I'm sorry, alleged uh, 11 in 2021, 18 in 2020. And this is using the Washington Post, which compiles all that, and they include in their definition of unarmed someone trying to grab an officer's gun, say, or fleeing in a stolen car. Let's let's be honest here. You could look at that Washington Post database, and I'm going to get long in the tooth, and I think I already am. i got to wrap up. i got Jazz Shaw coming up. If you look at that, you'll see that time after time there was a gun, there was a knife, there was a vehicle that was used as a weapon. There was an attempt to reach for a weapon. It's not just people that are getting shot and they're not doing anything. That's what makes what happened in Memphis, I think, so confusing and why there's a piece of the puzzle that hopefully will get filled in at some point. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Yeah, I mentioned uh, Heather McDonald and her piece. She will join us tomorrow on the Tyree Nichols case and some of the uh, the stats about crime in inner cities. Will Sharp will be with us. He's getting into the Missouri Attorney General's race. We have the roundtable set for Friday. Jane Duker, Chris Goodson, former State Senator Jeff Smith, all on the show on Friday. We have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees announced today. We'll get into some of that in the next hour when we do Sue's News. And Tim Summer, our good friend, music journalist, um, music journalist veteran, record company guy, will join us in the 5 o'clock hour on Friday. And we do have Sue's News coming up. Also, it was funny because producer Abby said, hey, I didn't know that Steve Butts was an insurance guy. So Steve is, of course, a state representative. He is a veteran on the Reardon Roundtable, but he also has Crawford Butts Insurance. And the reason I'm having him on here in a few minutes is because you have Progressive and State Farm that are halting policies for Kias and Hyundais and stuff like that because of the theft. But let's welcome into the fray Jazz Shaw, columnist with HotAir.com. He's written a bunch of stuff lately that I want to kind of tap into, including on Tyree Nichols. Jazz, how are you? How are you doing, sir? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. I read your column. You wrote a column uh, a couple of days ago called Where's the Rest of the Tyree Nichols Story? On Monday's show, I read quite a bit of that because, like you, and I was having a conversation with uh, my friend John Ziegler over the weekend, who's also a regular contributor, and we were exchanging messages. And before your column came out, John's like, do you feel something's missing here? And I said, yeah. And it wasn't from the standpoint not unlike what you wrote, Jess, that we think that the cops are innocent or anything like that. I mean, what happened on video is what happened on video, and I think they're going to be convicted. But there is something still, a missing piece of the puzzle for why these guys came in so hot, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I it, it sounded like a fairly, and I hate to use the word normal, uh, bad police interaction story until we saw the video. And what I was writing about was there, there's so many things about the story at that point and a little more has come out. We can touch on if you want um, that just didn't make any sense. Uh, these cops uh, supposedly Nichols was observed driving erratically. Now, first of all, what are five cops from one of the PD's most elite violent crime, uh, you know, uh, serious crime units doing on traffic duty? That, that was curious. Yeah. They're not pulling them over for an expired tag, right? Right. And did it really take two car loads of them for somebody investigating erratic driving? And it it just it kept getting stranger because normally if somebody gets pulled over for erratic driving, somebody comes up, taps on the window, rolls down your window. Let's see your documents, give you a breathalyzer. If you pass, fine, you go. If you don't, maybe we'll take you to the drunk tank. No, these guys came up screaming from moment one they got out of their cars they they're banging on the vehicle and get out of the car and it's like that's not how you generally handle a potential dwi case not at all nothing like that it it didn't look right and then and i don't know how much time you got for this segment but a couple things have popped up since then one of them i think it's worth pointing out they were part of this scorpion unit supposedly the really elite unit all five of those cops None of them had been out of the police academy for more than five years. Some of them had only been out for two years. They were hired uh, during the 2020 Summer of Love riots, BLM, all that stuff, when they were insisting they had to have more uh, racial diversity, which is fine. But how do you go in two years from the academy to being on the elite violent major crime task force? That seemed a little weird. And and the last thing, and this just popped up yesterday and, and got on my radar, and I want to stress for everybody, haven't seen this confirmed. It hasn't been admitted by the police to any news source, but there are people 
say they've come up with some records and they're asking the question, it's being alleged, say alleged, that three of the five cops in that group of five were in some way related to the very notorious gang, the Vice Lords in Memphis, which is a big gang. You can Google them. They've been around a long time. They're into all kinds of bad things, murders and massive drug running and everything you associate with a major gang. And it's it's being alleged or insinuated that they were on the payroll, and actually it was the Vice Lords that called for the hit on this guy. Now, well, we don't I, I, had know not that. Heard, I had not heard that one. That's interesting. That one just came out last okay. night. All yeah, right. and, and that's not been confirmed yet. So, But when one of the re- local reporters who I was in contact with sent a question to the police saying, are these cops involved with the vice lords in any way, these three cops, they responded and just said the investigation was ongoing, but they didn't deny. deny they didn't that, say yeah. no. And if somebody comes up and says, hey, are any of your cops involved with the biggest uh, drug and crime syndicate gang in your city, if that's absolutely not true and you know it's not, it seems like you'd get out in front of that pretty quick, right? I would agree. And um, I think that one of the things that you're advocating for and that I would advocate for is, hey, these are all legit questions for people in the legacy media and maybe more importantly, people in Memphis, the local reporters, to ask, because now it's just draped in all of this, which is amazing um, to me, Jazz. It's all white supremacy. I mean, that's the focus right now. It's not actually getting some of the answers to some of the questions that are lingering out there. Exactly. How how did this, uh, let's just go ahead and say it, how did this black guy get beaten to death by five other black guys who were police officers? That's white supremacy? I mean, that's a pretty convenient cover if that's how you want to portray the story and project the narrative. But again, none of it fits. Nothing fits. No, the guy had, you pointed this out, he's got no criminal record and uh, nobody says that he's a member of the gang. So how does, how does he get dragged out of the car and wailed on? It doesn't add up. That's the other question we need to be asking. Let's just say that scenario is true. What, what kind of beef would the vice lords have with this photographer? Why would they be, be ordering their paid cops allegedly or, you know, insinuated uh, to go get this guy. So roughly. So was there something going on with Nichols? Did he have some involvement that he never got busted for to develop a criminal record? Was he engaged in something that got him on the gang's radar? Um, And again, we're, we're still just asking questions, but somebody needs to be on the ground down there asking these questions and doing more digging and finding out. Because, again, Mark, nothing adds up. No, it doesn't. I I would agree with you. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of some of this eventually. One other story I wanted you to touch on, just because I hadn't had time this week to get into this, and I've heard some coverage of it. You you wrote about it, I think, today. Is This is awesome, too. you got all these, uh, what are we allowed to call illegal citizens? Undocumented? I want to be careful here. I don't want to say the wrong thing, right? Well, um, I just say illegal aliens. I don't care if they try to cancel oh, man, me. I but, you know. but so they put them up in these posh hotels in New York City, and they ain't leaving, are they? Oh, no. They're not, they're not only not leaving. They're not cleaning up after themselves. They're running amok. Two big, formerly very swanky and popular hotels in New York City. Uh, finally, one of the employees came out and started talking to reporters and it's like they just dump these people here and nobody's checking on them. Nobody's uh, enforcing any discipline or anything. And they're running wild. They've trashed the entire place. The hallways are full of human waste and garbage. 
Uh, there's people having sex in the stairwells. There's fights. There's assaults. There's been sexual assaults. You know, all this stuff. And and the, the hotels are totally trashed. And then they came over to one of the hotels when they finished a new uh, center for migrants in Brooklyn and said, okay, we're transferring you all over there. And a whole bunch of them were like, no, we're not going to your. They don't want to go center. to Brooklyn. We're staying here in the no. nice hotel you hey, put us up. Yeah, in. we're going to stay so. in the, the five star Watson Hotel. This is a lot. And by the way, the hotels are charging more money, of course, to the taxpayers than they would to a guest that would be staying at the hotel. So they're making money off this. Oh, exactly, and I, that's one of the reasons we can suspect, and the workers that talk about this uh, suspect, is that if the hotels only have full, which it, you know hotels are sometimes. They're getting enough money from the government as if it was packed all the time, and they don't have to provide any real services. So, yeah, they're, they're just trashing the place, and they're refusing to leave, and nobody can kick them out. They can't be evicted legally because of New York's uh, bizarre, we're going to take care of all the illegals more than our own people laws. And, yeah, that, that's the situation down there. The, if they ever do get them all out, and we don't know how when there's more coming in every day. Um, the the cleanup is going to take forever, and it's going to cost millions. Yeah, this guy, which Felipe, the taxpayers will pay for. Of course, Felipe Rodriguez is the guy that came forward, and and he said right. basically it's a free for all. He said that, um, and this is what he said at first. He said they were throwing away tons of prepared food at the hotel. The facility had descended into total chaos. He said there's no accountability, and there's no supervision. Everyone's just kind of letting this go on. They get dumped at the hotel. The staff has to deal with it, and then it becomes a mess. And uh, the taxpayers pick up the the tab for that. That's amazing. I think that's a great story. Jazz Shaw from HotAir.com. Always great to have you on. I appreciate it. You have a great rest of your week. Thanks for having me, sir, and a great week to you and your listeners. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Kevin McCarthy just came out of his meeting with the president. Apparently, the president fell asleep during that meeting and just kind of, no, I'm kidding. Although it might have happened, I don't know. He's given some comments right now. I'm expecting that Fred will... uh, have some audio for us before the afternoon is over, maybe even before the hour is up. It was so funny. Uh, earlier, we were looking at the show sheet. Fred puts that show sheet together, so you get a copy of that, right? I do. It's very important. It tells me what I'm doing, and she looks at it for this segment. She goes, oh, Steve Butts. I didn't know he was an insurance guy. Uh, that's what he is, a state rep, but, you know, it, he. I guess the way that she explained it, she just thought you were far sexier than an insurance guy, Steve, and that's pretty <laughs> is much that what, what she determined. How are you? <laughs> hey, I'm well. That's Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Mark. I appreciate it. I'm, I am calling from my uh, uh, not overly ostentatious office in Jeff City because it, it, it's an important issue, so I appreciate well, it. It is. It is. And you have Crawford Butts Insurance, and um, we've talked about insurance issues before as well. But what I heard this week, and you're going to – set us straight if any of this is wrong, is that Progressive and State Farm are not issuing policies for some Hyundai and Kia vehicles, right? Yeah, that's correct. So, you know, I've been selling for Progressive in full disclosure for a long time, 30 plus years. But um, it is true. So there are two major carriers. They, they're they in the they're either number one, number two, number one, and number three. I mean, they account for a lot of auto insurance in the United States and certainly in the St. Louis area as well. And about, I'm going to say three months ago, the moratorium started mm-hmm. that they would not issue 
new policies for new customers. So, I, you know, if, if you have a Kia insured with, uh, I won't speak as much for State Farm, but certainly with Progressive, they renew the policy. And if you are a current customer and you buy a Kia, they will add on the vehicle. You just can't be a new customer completely. Oh, and, I see. Uh, wow. they, yeah. don't, they don't want any more Kias for new customers. That's, wow. that's for sure. And it's a little bit unprecedented. You know, it's obviously this is all precipitated because of this incredible, incredible spike in uh, thefts of these vehicles. Um, here, I'll say, here's a crazy stat, right? Just St. Louis City, St. Louis County. Before this nonsense, we averaged about 500 Kia and Hyundai thefts, St. Louis City and County. That has gone to over 500. Thousand since the Kia Boys TikTok video, and you know it started in Milwaukee, I believe. Mark, you know your oh, really? your adopted hometown. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, some some kids put it out on TikTok. Say, hey, look how easy it is to steal these. Yeah, what they and, did was yeah, they, it's they, a design flaw. There's they, no doubt about it. It was. Uh, well, we've all seen movies and TV shows where you do the hot wire thing, but apparently it was something like that where you could do it without using the keys. And what they're trying to do now is fix that issue. And with the newer cars, it's not going to be something that would be um, hopefully a problem. But they don't have these electronic immobilizers to prevent the thieves from taking them, right? And that's what they're trying yeah. to fix right now. That's exactly correct. There's a local guy. I think one of the Kia Hyundai uh, dealers. They've they've worked on this software that will you know, kind of patch this. Um, but the, the problem is, of course, it, it's 10 years where the vehicles, I think, something like 2011 through 2021, yeah. I might be off by a year. The, the bad part is, of course, you know, so my daughter, who you know quite well, has a Kia Soul. The look of these vehicles hasn't changed much in many years. She has a 2009. But the bad guys don't know it's a 2009. So they still smash the window to get in and say, oh, this isn't one that we can do with the workaround. So they still trash your car. There's still targets for theft, whether they're successful in stealing it or not. Oh, see, Steve, that's what I was going to ask. Are they narrowing it down to just, you know, they won't cover the ones in the years? But that's a good point. They can't tell the darn difference and they break in no matter what. Oh, that is so frustrating. It's correct. And the I, I looked this up real quick. Here's another crazy stat. In Chicago, so I primarily just deal with Missouri and Illinois. In Chicago, 10% of all the registered Kias in Chicago have been stolen. Oh! I mean, just let you know, just think about it for a little bit. I also looked up, you know, Kias come from South Korea, right? Seoul has a population of, I don't it's crazy. It's it, 50 million people in South Korea. They had 2,800 total auto thefts with a population of 50 million plus. We had 5,000 plus in St. Louis City, St. Louis County just last year. So, I, you know, we also have a great number of car thieves in our midst, but they're indiscriminate and they're generally, you know, most criminals kind of young and dumb and uh, so whether they can steal the car or not, you remember the case we just had with the pastor in Crandallet in my neighborhood. Um, you know, the, the kids were so young, they really didn't even know how to drive the car. Uh, how did, did I miss that one? What happened there? Yeah, it was a shooting yeah. in a parking lot in Crandallet at a church. It was a carjacking at the Crandallet Baptist Church. I think it's located on Virginia, the Crandallet Patch neighborhood, just two, three nights ago. Just Oh, okay. I missed that one. It, yeah. yeah, it's. but it just goes to show you how young the car thieves are. I mean... 
the pastor was carjacked. He had to help the kids virtually start the car as they held a gun on him. And then they crashed the vehicle because they didn't know how to drive. They were like 13 and 14 or something. It, well, it that, and that's because we've what, talked about this. That's because, and that's, you know, the, the people that break into houses too, because they know some of the guys that are running the operations know that those kids are juvies and they're not going to have serious yeah, uh, consequences. Right? Too young. See, I was, I was much more generous when my car was stolen about a year and a half ago. I just left the keys in it. So I just figured that was easier yeah. for the thieves, right? Now we do try to non-renew those kinds of mistakes. Don't get <laughs> Mark on that. But in all seriousness, it's rate for risk in the insurance world. And when you have a certain car that is just so easily stolen and vandalized and popular to be stolen, there is just no way to charge a proper rate for risk. And the company is somewhat, you know, through their underwriting guidelines and rules, they're going to defend all the other auto insureds they have. Because, you know, every stolen Kia, you might be driving a Chevy, a Ford, or a Toyota, but your premium certainly will increase yep. because of the thefts oh. of the Kias and the Hyundai. So it's it's a little bit unprecedented in terms of this car and it like this, but there's years past 30 years ago, we had carriers that wouldn't write uh, Corvettes, for example, or we had homeowner insurance companies who wouldn't write a home that had a pit bull. So oh, there, geez. I mean, there've been times there've been exclusions on what they will write. But if I was a progressive customer and I get a new Kia, you're, you're going to, that policy is going to be written. But if I'm a state farm customer or something else, let's say I'm Geico and I want to go over to progressive, they're not going to write that policy probably for a certain Kia, not for all of them, but for the ones that have the problems. Is that basically yeah, it? pretty much all of them, all of them, oh, all, of them. Yeah. all of them, because like I was saying, even if it's not easily stolen, they still smash the window because yep. they think they could steal it. So it's, they're still highly targeted. So right now, as far as I know, it's just those two carriers, Carriers, the rest have not followed suit, so we're independent agents. But so we have several markets, and there are a dozen markets, good markets that I know of, that will write Kias. I think a lot of people that have just auto insurance in general, you're seeing your rates are going up, and if you own a Kia or a Hyundai, your rates are really going up. So then you shop a little bit, and then when two of the big carriers say we won't even give you a quote. You know, it, it makes the news. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, when you wow. find out information like that, when it's handed down through Progressive, does Flo actually call you? Does she pick up the phone and get on the horn with you? <laughs> that's how I envision no, it. it. Me too. It's not, it's not Flo, but it is, it is an email that you better pay attention to. And then when you go, so if you didn't pay attention, and I'm just going to quote someone with Progressive, as soon as I put in the Kia, it will, you know, the red, the red light comes on. It says, uh, we will not quote this vehicle. Yes, yes, I wow. Guess. So. All right. Hey, back to work there in Jeff City. We'll see you on the roundtable soon. I appreciate the update. That helps a lot. Absolutely. Thanks, Sue. Right. Thanks, Mark. Have a great day. Take care. Steve Butts, state rep, also Crawford Butts Insurance. So there you go. A little details there on what's happening with uh, Progressive and State Farm. We'll take a break. Hey, you know, Kevin Colleen did this thing, this ode to the worst month of the year. February, and the thing has gone nutty viral to the point where I saw it so many times over the weekend on national websites. So we're going to have him pay tribute to February. We have Alex Rich and Hayes coming in in the 4 o'clock hours we often do on Wednesdays. Kenny Wallace in the 5 o'clock hour forward center talent as well, plus an audio cut of the day. Get more at 971talk.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 